how we're starting welcome to tipsy potheads <laughs> welcome Hi. i'm Chelsea. i'm sheila and i'm andy and we're, we're here drinking we're drinking tonight <laughs> Whew, tell you what and we are here to discuss chapters the last chapters of Chambers, Chambers of, Secret. of Secrets. Oh, look at you two. You're checking it together. We practiced when you were in the bathroom. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> we have to practice at some point, I guess. <laughs> Why not when one person's away? <laughs> it feels right for the podcast. It feels you know, us. It works. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? <laughs> well we're doing great tonight. we you know you're doing great sweetie keep up the hard work um drinking what's andy drinking andy and josie are drinking the same thing yes well yes we're drinking the same thing same thing (laughs) (laughs) just like normal neither one of us actually made what the recipe (laughs) and it only had three ingredients look I'm lucky I made anything close to the recipe because I was running way later than everybody else. Okay, so what was in your drink? The Phoenix. The Phoenix was was supposed to be tequila, orange juice, and grenadine. Specifically, Jose Cuervo, we are not sponsored, but that's what it did. It did say the gold because, you know, that has a specific flavor. It does. Oh, did it? Mm. I mean, it did say that, but I didn't. I haven't drank the gold tequila. I haven't had drink gold tequila in years. I've yes. moved beyond that in my tequila drinking. Mm. I only drink agave. Um, <laughs> so how did you make yours, Andy? Badly. So <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to watch some things, and instead of drinking orange juice, I got Diet Sun Kissed. I did use the grenadine, and then I used the clear tequila. I don't like it, but it's my own fault. (laughs) Um, And it's not, like, bad. It just tastes very much like an orange-sickle, dream-sickle type of, like, smoothie. And I'm Mm. just not – that is not my jam. Like, creamy orange is not me. Okay. When you say it like that, it does not sound like it should be good for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) The amount that I've made in my life from when we worked in the restaurant a lot, like just but yeah. no, no. Okay, Josie, what about your concoction of the Phoenix? I lucked out and happened to have a mango pineapple smoothie. Yeah, that was not complete yet. So I added the tequila, and then I swear I have grenadine somewhere in my apartment, but you, but I could not find it anywhere that I store any of my alcoholic things so the only red stuff I had that would make it like look like the tail of the phoenix was uh crime de Noia, 
Uh-huh. So I put in some of that, which is kind of nutty, which is weird with the tequila. Mm-hmm. But I also used a silver tequila. I had a Don Julio silver tequila. So yeah, I love the fact that both of us put the grenadine or something like it in it when neither one of us were ever going to take a picture. But we were like, no, this is the, <laughs> this is the ingredient that we're going to get correct. I have to have the red to the orange to the yellow. That's the whole thing of it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Sheila, what do you have? I oh, did. By the, sorry, by the way, mine is delicious. I don't know what Andy's issue Shut is. Up. Andy doesn't like his. So I did um, one called the Obliviate in honor of um, the Obliviate charm, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be white rum, pumpkin Ugh. pie flavored vodka. No. Torani toasted marshmallow syrup and milk slash cream. I made it a drink versus a shot. And it was like even parts or whatever. So I did um, caramel vodka because (laughs) that was in there at all. And then I did this thing called Georgia snow cream. Like I went to the liquor (laughs) store and I was like, Georgia snow cream. Yeah, I'll tell you that. That sounds as good as the orange sickle, the way Andy described cream. So I went, I went to, I went to this liquor store and this lady saw me wandering around and she was like, can I help you? I was like, well, do you have anything that's like a toasted marshmallow flavor or like a syrup that's a marshmallow flavor? And she's like, no, we don't have anything like that. And she left me. And then like two minutes later, she comes (laughs) back and she's like, you might want to try this Georgia snow cream, which is, um, rum and whiskey and then like a cream kind of already mixed into it it's i was like okay she's like it's kind of marshmallowy so i was like sure it sounds like people who've never been around snow before <laughs> made something that was like i mean it was feels like snow <laughs> it was made in georgia so or they were like it has to have a little bit of yellow let's add the whiskey <laughs> And so I did those two, and I did milk. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I, and it's okay. It's not. It's not amazing. I'm not. In so love you with didn't it. use the caramel vodka? No, I, I did the caramel vodka and the the Georgia snow cream. Oh, okay. And then the milk. So you have vodka, rum, and whiskey running through some milk. <laughs> gonna be a hot fucking mess tomorrow i really hope this is a unicorn blood episode for you <laughs> it probably will be oh so you've made yourself two drinks i'm on number three because we talked for so long prior <laughs> <laughs> i'm not looking forward to tomorrow that's all i'm saying this is amazing <laughs> so we're gonna see if obliviate i'm surprised they didn't have like you whipped cream vodka which isn't obviously marshmallow but like i feel like i almost bought it but i decided to get salted caramel donut or not salted caramel kissed caramel instead i don't know why i just did girl live your life it probably has that smoky flavor that's That's probably what you're going caramelly is kind of um it's kind of a rich flavor so Yeah. yeah smooth i don't know because the original obliviate one Kind of has that smooth like yeah. flavoring that you think. I feel right. like caramel has that. Well, it, like it had like the pumpkin pie, yeah, um, vodka, which obviously it's not the season for that. And I don't even know if people still make that every year. 
I so. love pumpkin pie, so I'm now going to be yeah. on the search for pumpkin pie vodka when everything comes out. I feel like they, they found that once and were like, let's make a drink. I also was about to lie because I was like, I don't think I like any drink that has milk in it. But I do like a white Russian. Because <laughs> I'm 87. Which is basically what the Georgia snowcap is, is a white Russian. It is, kind of. Well, what were those? It's like, like, do you remember when we were in the casino in Kansas? Like a white Russian, but it's really not. It just has cream in it, like a white Russian does. But wasn't there one in Kansas that we had that like either had like Coke or something in it instead of like it was like dark? I don't know. I don't want to call it a black Russian, but I also don't remember what it was. There's a different like uh, a dark. It's like a dark Russian or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my family really likes white Russians, so it's like vodka, Kahlua, and cream. I know to get them. I'm gonna send them a right Russian for Christmas. Like, yeah? like a or real a person. person. Just joking. I'm joking. That has to Wait, wait till book four when we get into dirt Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll just get a drink of white Russian <laughs> well but like I was like yeah so the Georgia snowcap is exactly like that but it's not because it's rum whiskey yeah I was just like I'll let you have that moment but look the lady said the Georgia snowcap was like the marshmallow drink she was looking for she did so I'm and closer this than she is that- this might be the only thing, like, you can only get it in Georgia. So, those of you that aren't in Georgia, good luck finding Georgia, Georgia snow cream. Georgia. <laughs> good luck finding Georgia snow cream. I just laugh like Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say drinks for these last chapters. Struggle. Was a struggle. We Well, we had a different drink picked out. We had... um. Which I was actually going to do. It was the Mandrake Julep. No. I'm glad I didn't do it. Because I'm not a bourbon person. I'm even not either. That's why I was like, I was right never going to do it. So also, I'm just glad that I was smart enough to pick up this smoothie on my way home from work tonight. Because yeah, I, I like was... how you, when you were going over your drink, you were like, I just happened to have the smoothie I didn't finish. <laughs> Girl. No, like, I did not get this smoothie thinking I would have it for this drink. I bought this smoothie when I was an hour outside of the city, and I was like, I'm going to down this with my cheeseburger, and then I'm going to be better and not as cranky. And then I got to the city and realized I had only literally drank like half an inch from the top because I was like, maybe I'll go through a different drive through I'll pick up more chicken nuggets. I can eat another <laughs> chicken nugget, and then I'll just ask them for a glass of ice for my drink. And then oh, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't need that. And I was like, ooh, I could go to 7-Eleven, buy some <laughs> seltzer, get a glass of ice there, and then be like, charge me what you have to. It's just a glass of ice. Because I legit was going to have a completely different drink. I was not going to do the the Phoenix. Yeah. It was when I passed the 7-Eleven and decided not to stop that I was like, well, I got this. We'll see how this goes. And then yeah, I was, I was, oh, I could do the Phoenix. So originally I was gonna we were going to do gonna, the easy Jenny. Oh, the <laughs> easy Jenny. 
That sounds bad. I was going to do the Ginny Weasley that had like ginger beer in it, but then there was another one that was like a fizz and it just had way too many ingredients. It did have a lot of effort. But I've been talking about drinks for what, two days, three days, sending ideas, sending screenshots. I looked the day day that you talked about it. Andy comes in like an hour, hour. like like two hours before we're about to record and he goes what about the Ginny Weasley and I'm like share a recipe if you're gonna (laughs) if you're gonna suggest share a recipe and then I'm like and why are you just now joining the conversation I just now googled it (laughs) well and I I didn't help because like this morning or whatever I was like I just thought of this what if there's an oblivion? Because there should be a drink called oblivion. Because what I did know is that I wasn't going to drink the julep because I'm not a. And then she put in that milk drink, and I was like, Lord, no, I'm not going to vomit just on this thing. A suggestion. I know. That's why I was like, let me see what I can find. Three days yeah. later. Yeah. Because I found. I mean, obviously, if you know how we pick our drinks, we try to pick pick them based off of what we were reading. Because I even found a different version of the Moaning Myrtle. So I was like, oh, maybe we do a second morning Myrtle because I I had found a different, yeah, because I had found a different version of that. So I was literally like, morning Myrtle, Phoenix, okay, that's a stretch. I was looking for a basilisk one. I found one of those, but it had uh, basil, and I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, I was even like, they had a Lord Voldemort one, and I was like... Mm, which I because I ended up I actually have an idea that I'll discuss with you guys later about all the different characters I looked for like but, an Aragog one I looked for an Aragog one and then they were like tarantula point like there is one but oh, like yeah. it required like a tarantula venom what? or something and I was like well Kate we're not gonna do that was it like her <laughs> yeah spell? I was like Aragog no it was real real like tarantula venom like yeah. Listen, I won't even buy yeah. bitters. I'm not going to buy a tarantula. I know. Them. That's why I didn't even, like, suggest it. If I could have gotten it off of Amazon fast enough, I would have done it. <laughs> Josie would get that illegal tarantula venom. I'm not even willing to be like, let me buy this blood orange drink that I'll have half an ounce of and then never drink again. I mean, I was looking for a Gilderoy Lockhart one. Yeah. I was seriously yeah. looking for so many different ones, and I was I like, like, it was difficult this time because I yeah. looked, I looked a lot the other day too, and I was like, I found, you know, basically the same things you found. Let's just do Mandrake, and then today. Yeah, I mean, this was probably power. the hardest drink to find. Yeah, and we also had a lot of different ones. To be fair, I'll call myself out. I couldn't really help you look for drinks because I hadn't finished reading until yesterday. So I didn't actually know what the chapters were about. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I guess. All right. Well, now that we've discussed. um, Sheila, what were the chapters about? The chapters did we read? 14 through 18, right? 14. And. Okay. So, in the last chapter, Harry Potter just figured out that Hagrid was the one that got expelled expelled for opening the chamber. And so, him and Hermione and Ron are all kind of, like, reeling from this information. And they just are having kind of, like, a hard time believing it. And so, then, 
it's been months, like three or four months since the last um, attack. And people are starting to feel like it's okay. It's kind of like the pandemic, you know, like things get better and then they take off their masks and then there's an attack. That's what it's like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so much the same. <laughs> I meant just like, you know, like they're letting their, their guard down. And um, Harry's stuff gets like ransacked and he finds out that the diary's been stolen and then um they're about to have the like the last quidditch match of the season and right before the quidditch match Hermione does what she always does like she realizes something and she's like I gotta go to the library because that's what she does and she goes off and Harry and Ron go down to the quidditch pitch the game's about to start and McGonagall comes down and she's like matches canceled everybody to your your rooms and she goes harry ron come with me and they find out that hermione's been petrified or whatever and then um (laughs) the boys decide that they have to uh Find out if Hagrid, you know, find out what Hagrid knows. So they do what they're not supposed to do, get the invisibility cloak and go visit Hagrid. While they're visiting Hagrid, Hagrid has all these guests come and Cornelius Fudge comes in and he's like, sorry, dude, we got to take you away to Azkaban because you know what happened 50 years ago, even though you really didn't do it, but we got to do it to be safe. And then um, Lucius Malfoy comes in and says, Dumbledore. You're suspended. And Dumbledore is like, okay, fine. But there's always loyalty if I'm, like, believed in enough or something like that. And then um, Hagrid says, follow the spiders. And so the boys go back up to the house or the, the, the castle. And then, like, a couple days later, they're like, let's find spiders. They find spiders. And they decide, let's go to the Forbidden Forest tonight. And they go do the Forbidden Forest. And they follow the spiders. They meet Aragog. Aragog is like, here's the deal. And he tells him the truth about like what happened and that Hagrid didn't do it. And that the thing that was petrifying people, the spiders were really, really scared of. And then he's like, okay, family, you can eat Harry and Ron. And then the Weasley's car like comes and saves the day and like smashes through all the spiders, saves the boys and drives them back to the castle and what happened next then a few days later Ginny gets taken as like I don't know as a hostage or something she just gets taken to the chamber that's all they know and she's it's kind of like hostage if you think about it and so (laughs) this is one of my favorite parts the like Harry and Ron like go to like the teacher's lounge and then they hide and then the teachers um talk to Gilderoy and they're like oh Gilderoy you know how to take care of all this you're gonna be in charge of getting Ginny and sorry you know the teacher the teachers are like all doing this just to get Mm -hmm. Gilderoy out of their way and they know he's not gonna really do it but Harry and Ron think on it all day and they come back to Miss to uh, Professor Gilderoy and are like, we have information for you. Oh, Moaning Myrtle was the one that was killed 50 years ago, so we need to go talk to her. And so they go with um, Gilderoy and they talk to Moaning Myrtle 
and they've already like gotten they've stolen or not they stolen they they got rid of Gilderoy's um wand and threw it out the window cuz he tried to already obliterate them and um so they all go to the bathroom they talk to moaning myrtle they figure out that they have to talk to a sink and parcel tongue to open up there's the parcel tongue for you it's not a ghost that was andy and the um chamber slide pipe thing opens up and they all go down the pipe and then when they get down there after a bit of walking gilderoy tries to steal ron's wand and tries to obliterate them and in the process the wand backfires and like completely obliterates Gilderoy and makes like the the ceiling collapse and whatnot and so the boys are separated here he goes and finds Ginny in the process he meets Tom and Tom again yeah and uh like and now Tom's more like corporeal you know more real life than just the book and he um in the process of talking to Tom Fox comes, Fox the Phoenix comes down and brings the sorting hat. And then um, Tom tells Harry that he is Voldemort. And then he sicks the basilisk on Harry and Fox pecks the eyes out. And then Harry puts the sorting hat on his head and he's like, help me, please. And the sword falls on his head. And he stabs um, the basilisk in the mouth. And then as he gets like, kind of uh, punctured by a fang of the basilisk and um, Fox heals him with his tears and Harry takes the fang and stabs the diary to shut Tom up and Tom disappears and then Jenny starts to come back to life and he talks to Jenny and he gets her and takes her back to Ron and then they go up the pipes with um, Fox and then they go to like McGonagall's office, I believe, and uh-huh. they um they talk there with everybody. The Weasley, um, Mr. and Mr. Weasley are there and they take Ginny away and they tell what happened and then Ron has to take um Gilderoy to the infirmary. And then Harry's talking to Dumbledore like he always does in the books, and then um Lucius comes in and is like, you're supposed to be suspended. And Dumbledore's like, oh, well, I talked to everybody and they all said that they were threatened and they wanted me back and blah, blah, blah. And so I came back and um, Dobie is with him and Harry asks for a um, the journal or diary, sticks it in one of his gross socks, hands it to Lucius. Lucius um, takes it and opens or pulls the sock out, throws it. Dobie catches it. And Dobie's like, I am free, sir. Pisses Lucius off and Lucius is about to attack Harry Potter. And Dobie's like, not today, motherfucker. And um, does his elf magic on Lucius. He says yippee-yay-kaye. Pretty much. I mean, if he could, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard wasn't out yet, so he didn't know. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, <coughs> well, I guess you're right. I'm like, was it? <laughs> okay, I should not have distracted you. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they. <laughs> Try to think what happened next. Um, Lucius mad that he lost his his um elf, and then they go to like the feast, and they're all in their pajamas because it's like a, a celebration. 
Oh, and Gryffindor won the House Cup because Ron and Harry got 200 points each. Yeah. The end. Good okay, job. Die Hard came out in 88, so it would have already been out. I'm like, I thought I came out in the 80s, but maybe I'm wrong. Good lord. <laughs> Andy. Joseph. <laughs> As the the virgin reader the virgin reader the virgin um what did you think of these chapters in the end of this book and the book as a whole it was a good book um now granted we did have a big break between reading some of the chapters so like you don't talk about that we did not he doesn't remember the first half of the book basically the magic um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have a two-year break in between. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let me see. I think it was good. Like, I mean, I do remember a lot of this from the movie, so I know I have seen at least some of it. He says, um, at least some of it in the movies. But um, there was some of it. I was also like, did this happen this way in the movie? But um, so it was really interesting in the fact that like. I love that you really saw the, you saw it before, but you really saw the teacher's distaste for Lockhart when they're oh, like, yeah. just go mm-hmm. figure it out. You know what you're doing. Just go figure it out. And then, and then uh, they like, they like literally said, now that he's out of the way, we can actually make a yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. We can fix this. Now that he's and then out that of little way. bitch was going to run away. Um, of course yeah. No, no. It was one of those things where I, when I was reading it, or when he when I was reading well I was reading it but um <laughs> it's because I was about to talk about the diary and then it felt like I was saying things weird um when Tom was talking about the diary and how he got some of Jenny's like life essence because she was pouring herself in there yeah. like I thought it was interesting the fact that she was like complaining about like basically being a Weasley like coming in with like used books with like all this type of stuff people were making fun of her and then um basically also pouring her heart out about Harry. Um, it was interesting, too, with this, because it was like, Hermione was, I mean, obviously, rightfully gone out of the chapters, because she mm-hmm. was basically frozen. But um, She's actually, like, if you think about it, she's gone quite a bit in this book, because part yeah. of it, mm-hmm. she's in the infirmary because she's a cat, and then, yep. you know, the, you know, the last, like, what, three chapters she's um Stolen. been petrified yeah. so so it was, like, it was kind of interesting in that way too because like again we've talked about this before with the movies it always feels like she's the one who keeps them alive um so it was kind of interesting for to think about that and then what was i gonna say um i i really it's i, I understand it but i really hate when they all came back and they were like, Harry, I'm sorry, I thought it was you. I bullied you. And I realized it wasn't you because you would never do this to Hermione. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dang. I was like, all these people are just butts. Like, there's really nothing to it. Like, they were just like, we assume it's you, so this. What was it? I also like. I feel like it's just a very juvenile way of handling yeah. things, though. Fear. Because it's, it's very. Fear. Yeah, but it's also like. Think about when you were, essentially, they're, like, fifth and sixth graders. So, think about when you were, like, in fifth or sixth grade. You 
literally just took everything at face value. And face value. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were sitting there thinking of like character or anything like that. Everything's taken at face value and this makes your sense heart is you your it. heart is on your sleeve. Yeah. Your imagination is going wild because you're dealing with hormones and all these different things that you're not used to. So your body, your mind is just constantly reeling about something. Yeah. One of my favorite parts was when um, Lucius. No. What's the kid? Draco. Thank you. When Draco kind of got taken down on a notch at the end where they were talking because like his dad got basically fired from the yeah. governors of the school system and like all that type of stuff so yeah i did enjoy yeah. that because he was basically like this is this is definitely happening um there's something i was gonna say <laughs> i want to say i want to blame it on the alcohol but it's also late <laughs> so my two biggest points from this that I kind of forgot, and it's, like, really small, and they're kind of, like, one is never really even said. It was kind of, like, my realization this time and something I've just never really thought about, but Hagrid was only 13. Yeah. When he was dismissed. When he was dismissed. So he's, like, 63 now. So he's 63. He's relatively young. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I saw something about, like, when Dumbledore was born or whatever, and he basically died when he was 120-something. So, like, Dumbledore is, like, 115 or something like that Right. right now in this book. And I was like, 63, that's really young, one. And then, two, I just always assumed Hagrid was a different house, but he would have been in Slytherin, right? Mm -mm. Because Tom Riddle was the one who found him and knew that he was keeping something in his room. No, it it was a secret passage. Oh, it was a secret passage that he knew I, that Hagrid was, had. When the, I read it this time, why did I think it was his room? I don't know. Okay, so it wasn't because oh. I was like, wait, was Hagrid a Slytherin? I could have sworn he was not a Slytherin. Yeah, he's not. He's no, not. and also that was the part that also got me because he was like, who were they going to believe? The perfect of the school? They do this, or the person who did this? Like right. always messed up and was trying to do that. And I was like, that is just such an asshole move. Oh, like the constant gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually was confused. This is the part that I was going to tell you, but I forgot. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your... No, um, that was it. Mine, that was it. But when they were having that conversation between Riddle... Riddle. I don't know why I said it that way. Riddle and um, Harry. Yeah. uh, When he was like basically like i found you this i did all this stuff this is what we did i wanted to figure out the person who everyone's talking about um one i like the fact that harry was like shut up motherfucker you're not the best wizard ever that is Mm -hmm. Dumbledore." dumbledore yeah and then um the other part to it was i was confused and I guess it makes sense now that I'm piecing it all together. But he was like saying that they were Harry was born, was Muggle born, but his mom was Muggle born, but she was still a full witch. So would Harry not be full blooded? 
She's not full witch, though. She's muggle. She's muggle, so he's, like, half. Yeah, James is um, full. But she was a... But she's muggle-born. She's just a muggle-born who's a witch. She that doesn't make her a full witch. She's still a muggle. Oh, okay. Because that was the part where I was like, I knew his parents were both witches, and when he was like, "Yeah, you're muggle-born," and I was like, "How does that work?" Because I didn't not that like that immediately made them into what they're yeah. calling like, you know, the better witches. Not my words, theirs. But um, it was still one that I was like, "Wait, what?" And then also, I just really don't understand this, and this is very philosophical and nothing we need to get into, but also very poignant for today. Like, why do people go after people that they are themselves? They hate themselves so much that they're Uh like, I have to rid these people. And like, everyone also just pretends like they don't remember that they are this person. And I was like, that's such, I was like, that's a weird Deep. I think welcome, I think everyone. part of it is you hate yourself so much because of that one piece that you just assume everybody else hates themselves because that one piece, and it's just better for that not to exist. Right? Because it is. Do you like, get like selective memory, like that you are like, oh yeah, I'm not this person anymore? No, I think you're fully aware that you're that person, and you just don't care because you sh- you want to be the other person so bad. Right. Well, and because you're making Tom a Riddle, point. That you're also better than what you are, like right. what you were born. Because like Tom yeah. knew he was half Muggle, like mm-hmm. he was half. He knew, like he even says it, like I had my Muggle father's name, like because his mom went against all the other. Like he just was like, I just hate that so much that mm-hmm. those people are my enemy. Because it's like, I'll just pretend that doesn't exist. And it's, I mean, obviously there's a very huge parallel to this in our history. But I think you see this parallel a lot in all sorts of history or all sorts of art or like literature, movies, books, stories, like whatever. Like you see this a lot in real life and in literature of like Mm -hmm. I think it's that you want to strive to be that other thing so much you are just like that's all your focus is focus is on even though you're constantly thinking about it because I don't think Voldemort ever stopped thinking about the fact that he was half yeah I think he thought about it I think he thought about it all the time. Oh. I think and he I thought feel, that if he would have proved him the greatest wizard, he would it, be like, I, no one can claim that I'm not. It obsess- he, he obsessed over it that he had yeah. to be better right. than that. Because but he it's was also, Slytherin's heir. Yeah, but I also think that, like, if his mother's circumstance would have been different, and he would have been able to have been, instead of being an orphan, he would have been able to be raised by his mom and his mother, or his mom and his mother, his mom and his father. And it's like, you're the best of both worlds. You have both of these things. He would have been raised completely different, because you see that in a lot of other characters. Like, Seamus is, like, one of the biggest ones, because he's like, yeah, it came as a big shock to my dad, My, you know, my mom's a witch. My dad's a, a muggle. You know, came as a bit of a shock. He's relatively normal. Yeah. Through the whole books. And everybody knows. 
But then it's also like, if you even look at like the trio, Hermione's full muggle, Harry's half, and Ron's pure. Mm-hmm. And you see the greatness in all three of them yeah. and all three of their upbringings and all three, all of everything. So it's just, I, th- I find it really interesting, but I think it's, I just think it's kind of like that human condition that you're always thinking about what you're not. Yeah. Like okay. what you want. I mean, and it's anything like even look at like diet culture and stuff like that. I just saw an article today about, um, was it today or yesterday I read an article about photoshopping and it was like some like the 37 worst photoshops ever and they were showing these photoshops from these people and it was like diet goals diet you know and these people were like so skinny and the people were focusing on just wanting to be that skinny or that shape or whatever it is that that they weren't they can't even look at the obvious like curves in the picture from the photoshop or whatever Mm -hmm. they're just like oh this is what i'm seeing this is what i'm seeing people like this is what i need to be and it's just what i'm not right and you become so obsessed about what you're not that that becomes your only thing and you can't even see like Okay, you could be, like, a size 6, really tiny, but you're not a size 2 or a size 0, so you're just not that, and that's the goal, that's the beauty, that's the perfect thing. So I think you see it in multiple facets in life. Yeah, it shows up in a lot of different ways, because I even think about, like, dating, where it's, like, I literally had someone that I know who was Middle Eastern. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were t- I was like, do you not date other Middle Eastern people? And they were like, no, you don't bring sand to the beach. Mm. And I was just like, that is such a weird thing. Like, just that concept kind of falls in here as well, where it's like, they're like, no, I don't want to date anybody like me. I wouldn't do that. And I'm just like, it's such, like, such an interesting take. Mm-hmm. It is. Sheila, what'd you think? I forgot how much I like these last chapters. Like, this isn't one of my favorite <sighs> books. But, like, these last chapters I really liked. And there are parts where I was like, oh, that, that's a lot of foreshadowing. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Dumbledore said something about, oh, we're going to have a feast. And how about you guys go and have some hot chocolate? Because... That always makes me feel better after something bad. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's foreshadowing for the next book, Mm -hmm. which you don't realize. And then there was, what was the other thing that I was like, oh, that's foreshadowing. And I don't remember. Oh, at one point, Ron's like, there's, I think it was Ron. Somebody's like, there's werewolves in the, um, Mm -hmm. that's Ron. Yeah. In the, the forest. And it's like, not yet, but. There will be, but, you know, like it was just funny because it's like, oh, there's foreshadowing. It's just, I just remember being like, I just, I just forgot how I kind of really liked the end of this book better than like the beginning of this book. This was also the first time I think that they talked about the fact that like a piece of Voldemort was inside of Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing where, um, at one point, like Dumbledore was like, 
yeah, or Harry Dumbledore or Harry said, yeah, you have a little bit of when he did whatever he did 12 years ago, he put a little bit of himself in you. Yeah, Dumbledore says it to him. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, my God, they just said he's a horcrux, but they don't really yeah, without saying talk it, about yeah. it. Well, I was just going to say, like, Andy, I don't know if you even registered the hype between book six and book seven. And, like, everything that came out about it. Because real true, like, fans were dissecting all six books, trying to figure out how book seven was going to go. There was even a book. I read it. (laughs) I read it. So, there was even a book that came out between six and seven that talked about, like, it dissected, like, important things that every, like... Fandom at that point was like, these are important. This is what it is, blah, blah, blah. They had odds in this book of survival rate, like Vegas odds, Mm. like of survival rate for characters, like zero and 60 for this character to to, um, survive, like whatever. So it was like really big. And I remember when um, the author was like, up to book six, book two felt like the misplacement when you read all of them in order. Yeah. And she came out and said, book two has the most hints to how book seven is going to go. And everybody was like at odds about it because they were like, what? Books, book two? How is book two the like key to what happens in book seven? Right. Because it, there's so many things that feels like the throwaway. And then I remember talking about it with a bunch of my friends. And we were talking about all the books at that point. And then she said that. And we were like, oh. And then we started looking at, like, the endings of the book. Yeah. And then we realized how much book three actually didn't fit in with the series. Yeah. With all the rest of it. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I think the reason this one doesn't really fit in with this series is because Voldemort is Tom Riddle. He's not really yeah. the Voldemort of the after new Voldemort. Harry. Like, the show he's not, yeah. he's not the dark wizard Voldemort. Right. He's the teenage boy Tom Riddle. Right. And he just came out a little sooner than um, Voldemort wanted. Right. And he doesn't even he doesn't even know what happened to it. You know, he doesn't. He like because he was like, oh, yeah, like Jenny's telling me all of this stuff that happened. And like, I knew the plans that I had. So how could this boy destroy me? His baby. Yeah. And and a baby like he's like, I'm just like, how could that even happen? Because he literally doesn't even know. Right. How it could happen. And even, like, Voldemort at this point is so weak that he doesn't probably even feel what has happened to this Horcrux when it is um, killed or destroyed. Oh, that's a good thought. um, Because I know that, like, sorry, we're going all the way to book seven. Like, he does start to feel every time Harry um, or they killed a Horcrux. So... I mean, you don't even know, 
really up until book six, you don't even know what a Horcrux is. You don't. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? He's learning about it. We're learning about it. So Yeah. So really, when you're reading this book, you're like, what? Voldemort can come back as a teenager and he's in this book. Like, how does this yeah. even happen? Like, you don't even... Like, this type of magic you doesn't even register like, on their yeah. brain. Well, that's the thing, is it's completely different than how all the other books You just think it's charmed, not like an actual part mm, of the right. story. But I'm with Sheila. Like, I forgot how much I love the end of this book. Like, the whole thing in the chamber of how he's, like, kind of talking through everything... I forgot that they go to McGonagall's office at the end. Like, I'm just so used to it being Dumbledore's office that I didn't even think about the fact that it was actually McGonagall's. And not only that, it was just McGonagall's, that this was the first time, because the year before, it's only Harry and Dumbledore that speak about everything. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is in the room. This is the first time you have McGonagall... And both Weasleys in the room hearing something for the first time. Some of this. So this is also more foreshadowing because this is almost foreshadowing book five. Yeah. So there's things in this, the end, the last four chapters of this book foreshadow plenty in book three. It foreshadows book five. It foreshadows part of book six and most of book seven. It has, it's just, I just, it just has a lot. Like, in it, but and even, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was and I was gonna say, and even just the boys kind of doing and figuring a lot out without Hermione. Yeah, yeah. it's just like Hermione figures out the basilisk, but the boys don't figure that she, out until like and the she day figured of. out the pipes, but they figured out so much more up to that, and then it was like her one little clue. Like peaked in, in everything else together. that they had already discovered. Yeah. And again, it's like book Ron, book Harry, book Hermione yeah. versus movie. Yeah. Even Ginny, like, Ginny's, like, so terrified in this. But it's like, even she's stronger in the book yeah. than and they portray yeah. her in the movie a little bit. But it's, like, the whole thing, like, the whole ending where they're, like, in basically just having this huge pajama party when everybody comes back. Yeah. The part where Lucius comes out of the office and Dobie, I always love when Dobie sticks up for him. Mm-hmm. I always love that. Movie, book, whatever. I love it when Dobie yeah. sticks up for Harry. But even that, like... I always picture it in the hallway and this was like on a stairwell, like Lucia's falls like several flights of stairs and then tries to fight him. And he's like, stay away. Yeah. So, um, I love how Harry was like, will you please quit trying to save me now? Yeah. Just promise me you'll never try to save me again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot. I feel like there's a lot of humor in it. With, like, still serious, but yeah. some humorous parts. Um, I loved the part when they're visiting Aragog. And the idea of Ron throwing Fang into, into the, car. the car is so funny to me. Because right. Fang is supposed to be this huge hound. Yeah. 
that's bigger than both of them. And Ron like picks up his dog and is like, Ugh, like, Holly and, like, like, like it was just kind of, like there was parts that just kind of like made me chuckle because I, I was like, oh my gosh. I laughed I at that. that part because Ron's absolutely terrified of spiders and Harry's mm-hmm. like getting in the car and he tells Ron to grab <laughs> and get in the car. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're telling the terrified child. I know y'all are scared right now, but the person that's probably the most scared is Ron, besides Fang. Yeah. But Fang, oh, Fang was hilarious because he just was absolutely terrified. I love how they also talked about the finals and they were like, wait, we're still going to have finals with all this going on? And McGonagall's like, well, yeah. And then they're they're like, Hermione's going to be pissed. Right. And then they announce that there's no finals and she's mad that there are no finals. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. It's I like. Also, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. At the end, I like when they're on the train and he like gets out some parchment and he writes his phone number on it and he gives it to Ron and he's like, oh. "Here's my phone number. I told your dad how to use a telephone last last fall or whatever." Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was funny. I was like, "Oh Lord," because we know what's gonna happen. <laughs> like that's for again for some foreshadowing but mm. it's just so funny because it's like but is he really gonna remember like the exact way to use it and you know like all the little just all, like all I all I can think about is like the beginning of book three. Oh, I also love the thing yeah. where he like tried to shut Jenny up and just because he was like she was like yeah she just saw me doing something Person. my per- my perverted mind went way past like just kissing out kissing out making out with somebody um i was like what did she see and it was just him making out with another perfect but what i love about that though is jenny was like like percy was making it this huge scandal jenny was like oh whatever i just saw him kissing penelope like that's not even a big deal yeah yeah but it's also like my soul almost got taken by a figment of <laughs> like right. something like I can deal with some making out from my brother yeah. with his girlfriend. Um, how about the idea of having to figure out your whole life's course at 13? Mm-mm. When they were like, when right, Right. I was like, I was eighteen and didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I can't even imagine at thirteen choosing classes for what you're gonna have to be for the rest of your life. The course of action you were gonna do, right? As you say, people still have a hard time, you know, in the middle of their, you know, they've they've gone to college, they've been in a job for you know twenty years, and now they're like. That's not what I want to do. I've not mm-hmm. been happy. You know, it, yeah, it's, I can't imagine that. Cause like, I know, I remember the stress of like a high schooler at 18, which is just like five years older than 12 or 13. Yeah. If you hear purring, everybody, I'm sorry. It's my very yeah. loud purring cat. Usually you hear the bell and the purring from mine. So, um, I also love it. Like, when Ron is kind of like joking around with like Hermione, and it's like, when in doubt, go to the library. Yes, because like it's like when him and like Hermione's not around, and so 
like, or Hermione, this is like when Hermione is like, oh, I gotta go. Because she like clapped her head on her forehead and she's like, I gotta go. I think I just understood something. Yeah. Understood what? And then like, it's just so <laughs> funny because Harry's like, why is she going to the library? And he's like, that's because that's what Hermione does. Yeah. When in doubt, go to the library. And I just love it because it's also like, just hello, like, don't you know her by now? Right. Her Hermione was like a little sassy in this book, though. She was. She was a But she sassy. also went back and forth. But she also, she was very defiant and then at the same time, like, wasn't and still wanted to follow the rules. She was in love with Gildor and didn't want to say anything bad about him. But she also knew he was a nitwit. Yeah. And then it's like. Um, you know, she came to Hagrid's defense when after Harry found out that Hagrid was the one who had been suspended for opening the mm-hmm. chamber the first time. Hermione was really quick to come to his defense. Yeah. But then also in that same conversation, she's like, well, I guess it could have been him because of reason, you know. So it's just like, it's really funny. Like, I just thought Hermione didn't have a lot of moments in the book because she was gone for a lot of it. But, um... Yeah. But then she, like, obviously was still her witty self. It's really interesting to me because I feel like you hear so much about the one line from Dumbledore in book four where it's like, he said calmly to Harry. Yeah. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Um, So I found it really interesting, this one description of Dumbledore when they're in Hagrid's hut, mm-hmm. where it said Dumbledore's eyes were full of fire about Hagrid. Yeah. Because it was like he knew Dumbledore's in or Dumbledore knew Hagrid's innocence. Mm-hmm. But there's so many points in the books where Dumbledore's demeanor is so almost like laissez faire. Like, what yeah. do people be? Okay, you, I mean, even when Lucius was like, you gotta go, he was like, fine, I'll go, but anybody who's loyal to me is loyal to Hogwarts. Well, just remember, right. Hogwarts was always right. there to help. Right. right. So it's like, there's things that he's so calm about. I feel like it's rare that you really get the description of him where he's there's really showing a lot like, of emotion. Yeah, emotions actually coming through. And I could just imagine Dumbledore, like, with that fire kind of in his eyes. Because, again, he's, like, what, almost 115 or more. Right. So, it's, like, just the idea of, like, that fire, like, defending him. And, like, is this... Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, why it didn't... Sh- like, I don't remember this... Thinking this other times I've read the books. But, like, this time I was really, like, why didn't the kids, like... Had they gone to somebody before and been like, hey, who's Tom Riddle? Girl, I thought about that, too. I was like, why does this feel like an episode of Pretty Little Liars where all they had to do was talk to an adult? and Because then they would have found out that Tom Riddle was the bad dude and Tom Riddle really is Voldemort. And then, like, you know, I don't don't know if it would have necessarily stopped any of the, or, you know, Hermione and... Uh, the clear otter girl from being petrified but I, I don't know it was just something that like struck me that they nope. but I well, know I, it's just the kids not telling anybody because they don't want the people to know that 
they've been doing stuff that they're not supposed to do and they have a diary that's talking back to them like I get it but I'm also like I so a little bit of their defense right now (laughs) because I I think about that sometimes too it's kind of like also like when you look at shows from the 90s where you're like 95% of this would have been solved if you had a cell phone right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like I think there's a couple things at play. One, they don't really have a full trusting relationship established with Dumbledore yet at this That's point. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Two, they have already gotten into trouble multiple times. And oh, yeah. Harry's already been accused of being the heir. Yeah. And they've already been told multiple times that if one more thing happens, they would be expelled. So I could easily see them being like we can't go asking them about the chamber because they've talked about it it in class they've talked about it in class and it kind of got shut down right and then like just everything else in general the fact that he's a parcel tongue like all these different things it's like they're 12 how are they going to go to their professor and be like hey I got this diary. It's speaking back to me. Who's Tom Riddle? Right. right. No, and, I just. I mean, no, also, I totally get it. Like, no, no, I get I know. that. It's just. No, I get where... No, I understand that. But, but also, to try to solve it all. But part of me, too, wonders how much all of them actually made the connection between Tom Riddle and Voldemort. Well, because I mean, even, it was discussed. Even in Dumbledore. Book. Yeah. Well, no, but even Dumbledore at the end says exactly. He Most says those people don't know his real like, name. When he left and came back, most people didn't realize he was the same same guy. Right. No, and I know that. It's just I'm like, I don't know. Like in my head, I'm like, this book would have ended four months ago. <laughs> 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 I know it has to go to the end of the quarter because that's or the uh the end of the the book or the you know right before summer i know because that's how it always works i'm just saying i don't know i just had to defend him a little bit i mean i understand i I just don't understand i mean i'm an adult and that's no i just it was one of those moments where i had it too where i was like (laughs) why do these 13 year olds feel like they need to be the ones to solve this and they're the only ones that can but also like i know that that's how your brain works at some point you have to think that way. I also love Arthur at the end when he hears the whole story and he <laughs> just he just goes, Ginny, how many times do I have to tell you? If you can't see where the brain is, don't like you it needs yeah. to not it shouldn't be talking back to you or like yeah. it shouldn't be, you know. She's like, Dad, uh Yeah. That was funny, but but you know the beginning of Harry and Ginny's friendship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is it? <laughs> if you can't see the brain, don't trust it. Which also made me laugh because then I was like, well, you can't really see a human's brain, so I guess you shouldn't trust that either. Um, I will say that reading, like, rereading all of this stuff and rereading these chapters... Voldemort or Voldemort Tom Riddle is actually a lot more menacing than I remember him being yeah the way he's kind of taunting Harry with the wand like 
Yeah. Rolling the wand through his fingers mm-hmm. and like, oh, you don't have to worry about that because right. I'm doing like he's very much toying with Harry. Oh, yeah. And I kind of forgot how much he actually does that. So it kind of was one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, that happens. I also liked that the when Harry tried speaking parcel tongue the first time into the chamber it didn't actually work everyone's like nope still english nope, that was english <laughs> i did like i chuckled did you remember that aragog has a wife mm-hmm. i did not remember that i knew he had Was a wife either? yeah i remember yeah. that I, I remember that uh, hagrid had got him a, a, a mate and so. um and then uh they had a brood of spiders. A huge, giant size of people spiders. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, overall, I just kind of forgot how much I enjoyed the end of this book. Yeah, me too. It's But there's several parts in the whole book that I just love. Yeah. That I had forgotten about. I mean... This last time we talked about, like, the Valentines and then, like, the one before that, like, the death day party. And then, you know, even, yeah. like, Peeves, like, Potter is a rod or, like, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, it had a, it has a lot of really good little scenes that didn't make it into the movie. Yeah. That's fair. It also has some, like, I mean, we've already talked about it, like, important things. But I also think just, like, important things for, like, Ron and Harry. Yeah. Well, it's like they didn't necessarily need Hermione to help them with everything. Like, right. it was a good experience for them to be able to to figure things out and problem solve on their own without her, maybe. Right. I mean, it also... Not that they couldn't, but, you know, right. when you have that really, that one person that's really good at all that research piecing stuff together that sometimes you don't have to do all that work you know right and honestly like sometimes they kind of piece it together faster than what they do when they're like relying on Hermione's research because she's great at research but it it takes time for research like Harry right when they got out of the Forbidden Forest after visiting the um, spiders he was like the person that died 50 years ago was moaning Myrtle. Like, it all clicked, you know, after talking to Aragog, whereas, like... It's also weird the amount that they have been around moaning Myrtle and talked to her that they never said, hey, girl, how you die? Or, well, that might be... I wonder if that might be considered insensitive, except for moaning Myrtle really loves that question, which is kind of funny. Right. But and I feel I also, like I feel like it's probably ghost etiquette because they have ghosts everywhere. Like they have a house ghost. Yeah. They have ghosts floating through everything. Well, like nearly yeah. headless Nick doesn't like being reminded that he's nearly headless. Right. Like he just wants to be called headless. Or well, and then Professor Bins, like yeah. he's still a teacher, and they like was it last book or this one? Yeah. Where they were like, oh, it was this one where this they one? were like. Yeah, they pretty much think he just died and w- went back to work because his life was so boring. It yeah. just didn't change He didn't at all. even notice. Yeah, yeah, so I'm sure they're probably, like, there's probably some sort of etiquette where it's, like, 
you know, like females, you're not supposed to ask how old they are. You're not supposed to ask a ghost how they died. Yeah, so I think that was probably it for Moaning Myrtle, but she totally loved the question because she's very mm-hmm. morbid and glum, and she likes that sort of thing. But she well, not only sorry, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, no, no, um, go ahead. but also like why did like she knew that they were doing stuff, and I'm sure when they were in the bathroom talking, like they were saying stuff about like the chamber. Why didn't she like? speak up when they talked about this you know like the chamber being open again like oh yeah I was alive when that happened and I died did they actually really talk about it in the bathroom though I mean I would I well I'm because they talked about the polyjuice in there well I'm not I mean I'm not saying that they really did but just in general while they're making the potion I can imagine while they're sitting there at some point they're talking just about stuff and that right. would come up like it's dialogue that they might have had that wasn't really in the book. That's all I'm yeah. saying. No, and, like, I get that. But and even like she's like she because she doesn't stay in the bathroom. Like she goes around out and around the um the castle. Like she has to know that the chamber's open again. But does she go around the castle after this book? Yeah, cause she because she goes into the bathroom that um. Harry does the Egan. But that's in book four. I know. But that's what I'm saying is like, does she start to wander around after this because she realizes what happens to her? Because part of the reason why they do the polyjuice potion in there is because nobody uses that bathroom. Because she's always in there. She's always in there. And then she's really emotional. So they probably wouldn't have asked her because they'd probably think she'd start crying. I mean, but she came to the death day party. So she does leave it. How often is a question? It's just probably not frequent. Yeah. But still, but she probably knows, like, what had kind of been going on. I don't know. Like, I feel like it was a two-way street. They all could have been asking each other questions, and they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, leave it up to a bunch of adolescent children to, like, not ask all the questions they're supposed to. (laughs) You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always love the end when Fox comes in and Voldemort, like Tom Riddle's like so quick to be like, oh, this is what the great Hogwarts and Dumbledore gives you a bird and an a old hat. Bird. Like, yeah, so much arrogance. But then it, it's like, I love how That's he also clicks, he also clicks in like you can see that Voldemort's like a teen where he's like, Oh yeah, I forgot a phoenix tears, you know. And then, Eel, yeah. Like when he taught when Harry's like, "Oh, my mother's love saved me," and he's like, "Oh yes, the the power of the love." Like, yeah. Like you know, he as a teenager forgot that, and obviously he as an adult forgot that. Right. Yeah. Any last thoughts, Andrew? Nope. Any last thoughts, Sheila? My cat wants to be a part of the conversation. That is all. <laughs> no, I I mean, I I just forgot how much I enjoyed, like, the second half of the book, I guess. Yeah. I kind of forgot how much I enjoy the whole book. Yeah, like, that's it's, true, too. It's definitely not my favorites of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I do forget how much I actually enjoy the right. story in book two. Yeah. Just because you have, like 
the twins are really coming out in their personality even more. Mm-hmm. Like, Percy's sneaking around. Percy's not perfect. Yeah, like, you have the... Um, you have the hidden secret that Ginny has this whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of fun, like, manipulative little things that they do in this one. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to say manipulative. That almost makes it sound bad. Like, tricky or whatever. Right. Because a lot happens in this whole book. Yes. A yeah. lot does happen. Like, so much. Because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they... You actually use the polyjuice potion and became crab and goyle. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the death day party and then you have all this other stuff that happens. And then you have like the mandrakes. I love the mandrakes for like maturing and starting to move in with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, like, when we move into the same pot, we know they're ready. I giggled. Actually. It was, yeah. They had a ruckus party in the greenhouse. I always yeah. loved the little um, mandrake update. Which I feel like those are always missing from the the movie, so yeah, that's a fun little. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, it's kind of like I feel like you really only get the one lesson about the mandrakes, and it's just like, well, yeah. their scream could kill you, but we need it for this yeah. stuff, and we're introducing them so we have them for later. Yeah, so you know what a mandrake actually is, but. We're never going to discuss them more because they discuss the mandrakes three or four times throughout the whole yeah. book. Like, yeah, there's maturity. Yeah, there's a couple. That was another like, time. Like, I know I mentioned this last time. There was another. Like, I just didn't realize how long it took for them to mature because in the yeah. movies, it was just like next week. It kind of felt like when this was literally the course of like multiple chapters and people were yeah. still just frozen. I mean, almost an entire school year. Yeah. Yeah. Because they start it, they start this a couple weeks into their first term. Yeah, they right and at the then of the term. it's not, it's not until the last couple weeks that they get them unpetrified. So yeah, right before the end. I mean, you're talking a solid like probably seven months. Yeah, what September That's through fine. like June because they go to school through June. It sounds like they have July and August off usually. Mhm. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I look forward to watching the movie again because I haven't watched it in a little while. So, I know, me too. That's our next part. Um. Awesome. Well, as long as nobody has anything else to say, I you don't. can. You don't, Andy. No, ma'am. All right. Um, you can check us out on all the socials, Twitter with Andy, Facebook with Sheila, Instagram with me, and come talk to us. We like to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then if you have any thoughts or anything to say about book two or anything else with Pothead to Read, you can contact contact us at Pothead to Read at gmail.com. What else? Am I missing anything else? I think that's it. All right. Then thank you for reading with us. Go crack a book open. I guess I have to start reading. (laughs) Not yet, because we got the movie. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.